Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and this is July 11, 2021, for Talk Cosmos, an astrological commentary. And we have three panels, and tonight we're going to have the Planet Buzz panel, wonderful group where we talk about the planets. And we have two right in our face coming up. In two days, on the 13th, Venus, Aphrodite, as the Greeks would call, the planet of love and the planet of our desires and our attractions, ruling both Taurus and Libra, is in Leo, that energetic fire sign that the sun rules, that wants us to rise to our manifested glory yes because there's purpose we're alive we have a purpose to contribute just for our own life to enjoy to play to have to enjoy that and mars they're the cosmic lovers as we call them and we'll talk about that during this conversation coming up is also in leo every two years they meet up that's our action it's like assertive, receptive, however you want to see it. We all have this. It's part of the universe. And once again, in every way, we reflect the universe and, ref- and the universe is reflected in us. So without any more to do about this courage of being in creativity because we're leaving other times, now it's time for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Leslie Francis, author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, a practicing professional astrologer intuitive, a lecturer, and host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology called purpose-centered astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through consultations and webinars. Creator of Star Cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tad. I have a PhD in human science and work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with people around the world. I teach and lecture on astrology, both in person and remotely. I have a blog. I have written for the Mountain Astrologer, Celestial Vibes, and Tarot.com. Additionally, I am the educational coordinator for Live Life Resources, an educational nonprofit specializing in resiliency training, education, and research. And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Yes, yes, yes. 
these truisms. Well, thank you and hello to you both. It is great to be here. It's like, oh my goodness, it's great to have a team and especially such great, oh, you're both wonderful. Here we are, Mars and Venus every two years. And I think, oh, I had not told people, the subject is from passion, no, from process to passion. And uh, I think so many ways to begin. And Laura, you had brought up this factor that um, there's gaps in the the years that because of Mars elliptical uh, journey uh, transiting this around the sun, that we're not always frequenting this time in Leo. The last time was in 2015. So there has been a series of about every two years since then uh, in Virgo. So maybe we should begin talking a little bit about where we've been and so where we're heading about the Virgo. If anybody wants, yeah. Um, I hear sure. you. Leslie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, just that. So this this conjunction of Mars and Venus happens roughly every two years, but it hasn't happened in the sign of Leo for, since 2015, and that the last few conjunctions. Um, happen to be in Virgo. So in addition, so it's also, even though it's a conjunction that has fairly, happens fairly frequent, frequently, um, it's their conjunction in Leo is far less frequent. Um, and so there is this shift in energy as we've moved out of this sort of their alignment with each other in hyper analytical, um, very, potentially reserved Libra or, or Virgo um, into, you know, not at all reserved Leo. Um, so I do think that this is a big shift with these archetypes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, go ahead, Leslie. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say that, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about <clears throat> initiating a new cycle, just so that we're clear that's what we're doing. And so we're moving from earth into fire which is always an interesting mm -hmm. juxtaposition because Earth likes everything to be concrete and centered and grounded. And fire is a, not that interested in, in that particular concept. It's interested in, in taking action. And, and of course, we're talking about this being in a fixed sign. So it's about creativity. It's about passion. It's about what do you love and do are you going to do what you love and what are you prepared Again, and Virgo is about preparation. It's about prepare, preparedness. So in the last, you know, since the last conjunction in uh, 2019, we should be ready. We should have a pared down what our purpose is or what we think we want to do. And now this is like lighting the fire so that you can carry on and do it. Uh sounds invigorating. It's invigorating. You know, I was checking back with 2015 and I noticed that there were, I, I pulled up what were the creative things and there, because maybe it was recent because 2015 shared both early in the year Leo and then later in the year Virgo. And then it went on 2017 and 19, as you just referenced. So we've had a lot of this introspection, how to fix, how to correct, how to make things perfect. And maybe too, because of 2015, you know, at that time, there were some artistic 
events that seem to be in this article of Europe, which for a while there, we weren't really hearing much about Europe. I mean, there's been COVID, but still. And it, it said that uh, one of them was Banky's Dismal Land, which I had never heard of, but that's one reason I'm so glad for this opportunity to find out about things that are affecting the world. And it was a mock. They were mocking tales on the Standard Adventure Park, and a little bit dismal and a little bit um, warped, you could say, some of it. But nonetheless, it had a huge attendance. In fact, it had to stay overnight. I mean, it had to open. The museum opened up during its uh, for the first time. And, oops, no, that's the next one. At any rate, it was warped, right? But the point was, is they recycled all those fixtures. I'm thinking about what a statement that kind of led from this opportunity of humor and creativity and using it as a platform that was sort of going into the mental ideas of the creativity part. And then they used all those fixtures and they sent them to refugee camps to build shelters. Uh, and, and I can't, C-A-L-I, Kalai where that is maybe, I'm not sure what country, probably in Europe, southern parts. No, it's Colombia. Mm -hmm. It's Colombia. Oh, my goodness. All the way across to South America. Amazing. At least I think so. My geography memory is working properly. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. And about that one, about just quickly about the uh, museum, it was called Savage Beauty. Alexander McQueen. He was an innovator designer. 21 weeks at this museum. It had almost half a million people. And that's when they stayed overnight. Yeah, for the first time, the museum stayed overnight. So um, the so maybe this is the last one that really is emphasis about how we're shifting to now. Because uh, there was a French um, person, Chris Pateon. P-E-T-I-L-L-O-N-S. Maybe somebody knows French here better than I. And so he in must have been in England, had um, the uh, Covenant Garden Market Pavilion. They had 100,000 white balloons over two months. And it was this cloud. But I was just reading in uh, uh, an environmental thing for Hawaii here, today, this morning, that clouds, a metaphor for life, changing, moving, always. And once cleared, even with the worst storms, bring us out sunshine. So here we are again, 2021, with a little sunshine ray, right, happening. Did we, you can't yeah, hear? I have to unmute myself, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I guess we're going from silence into expression. <laughs> I love it. Great metaphor. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we've had massive heat wave all across North America. Yeah, I think that's I a huge know, part of this. You know, so uh, I'm not a weather astrologer, although I do know one. But I just think it's interesting because sometimes we forget to look outside ourselves as well to see what's happening in the physical world so that it will mirror back to us what's really going on. So like, apparently things are really going to heat up. Mm. Yeah, on a personal I- level, you're looking at your own creativity. And of course, for me, Virgo is always what works for you. So if we've had quite a lot of figuring out what works for us and, and perhaps we, 
uh, I hate to use the word perfected, but, but have created enough space and place for that joy, for that fire energy to really begin to express itself. And so because we're in the initiate, you know, if we're talking about phases, this is like the new moon, the new phase. Yeah. And so like be open to whatever is going to feel like it's rising up out of your solar plexus. It just has to be done. Yeah, I think that new expression of creativity, one of the things I discovered in looking at sort of the last several cycles of this conjunction in Leo is so the most recent one in 2015 was when Stephen Colbert replaced David Letterman. Um, and the one before that was as far back as 91. There was this huge gap and Leno replaced Carson. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that is. And it, 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 yeah, I saw quite a few things too, but th that's like, what a spokesperson. That's really true. They're, and so this okay. new creative expression, right? They had similar platform, totally different delivery and this birthing of a new humor, new play, right? Which is that Leonian archetype. Yeah. And because it is just to, you know, it's courage of being in creativity. And the other one was, I think, Leslie, you had put courage of healing process. So if we think of it in those terms, too, we've done the, some healing, maybe because of some pretty drastic things. I know in China. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, there is such a thing as as art therapy. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, it'd be, you know, if you're working on any parts of yourself, understand that the, that that creative process is about creating new pathways for all kinds of things it doesn't you know where it because of course leo is not going to fall in the same place in everybody's chart so and of course a, a little bit later i guess we'll be talking as we generally do about where it hits in our charts and any observations we might have but i, I don't know i mean honestly i'm i'm pretty excited and uh I, you, because I'd like to have, <laughs> yeah, a little life and fire. It's true. We all need fun. It's, it's, I must, it's a no brainer to realize that coming out of the last year and a half has dampened any sense of like spontaneity, which has a lot to do about fun. It's like you have fun and then you think about it later, you know, whether it was good or bad fun or whatever, but you had, you know, you thought you were enjoying it at the time. And here it's a little bit of like, okay, how are we going to plan this? And that's an antithesis almost, it seems. Um, but the creative process is so important for our just life force, life force. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's what, I mean, these cosmic lovers, right? It's, a, it's like what gives birth to things, too. That's part of that new phase, right? Is what creatively is birthing at this moment that will then develop over these next 18, you know, 20 months till the next conjunction. And, um, and so it lives beyond that day, right? The exact conjunction, this creative life force that we're all, and depending on how it aspects our individual charts, will have a greater or lesser personal impact. But that is the sort of birthing of, of creative life force. And you get to 
that because it's Leo, we get to have fun with it. We don't have to be second guessing like we did with Virgo. Yeah. It, and I love this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I do have dreams. I have ideas that I want to create. And there's times when I sit back and after the fire gets burnt, you know, and, the, and I go on to something, I go back and I think, oh, gosh, now what was that great idea? But now it's like it's not just today. It's going to be for a, a distance of time. And we also have Jupiter in Pisces of expansion. Uh in unlim in bringing in that filter of um, spiritual energies, we might say, which helps to going back to this union between Aphrodite, Venus, and Mars, Eris, uh, that I think you pointed out, Laura, was not a they were a, a paired group, but they there wasn't a marriage involved. In fact, she was married to have Vulcan has. How do you say that word? Hephaestus. 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 Yes, thank you. I'm not the I, expert. Laura is the expert. No, but yeah, and I, my language and my words, um, pardon me, I don't know where I came from, but it's uh, not always there <laughs> as far as language goes. So not in this earth. So, yeah. Um, it, but, but really, it, there's a lot in that myth because there's passion the passion of just the natural energies connecting for the joy of being that. Well, and their children are that, right? Their child is Air Mars and, and Venus or, or um, Aphrodite and Eris, right? They gave birth to, to Eros, erotic love. Cupid. Their child is erotic love. Yes. <laughs> or one of them, right? Yeah. Um, and and harmony harmonia yes. is one of their other children yes. right so they not only do are they passionate for each other but they birth that into the world as well That's they manifest that in a concrete way um and that they weren't married which is part of i mean from my understanding of part of the mythology that's how they explained the fact that these planets were not closer together more frequently, right? Is that oh, there yes. is this gap because they're not together all the time. They're on other they're not speech. partnered going around at the same time. Yeah, speed. the earth is in the, between them. That's right. You know, Mars takes twice as long to go around the zodiac as Venus. Um, and so that's part of their, part of the mythology helps explain that difference in their, in, in their rotation. Um, and so that's part of, and then it's explained, oh, right. Cause they're not, they come together and then they are apart and they come together and then they're apart. Well, and, and that brings up an interesting point because of course, Venus is going to move ahead of Mars. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, you know, what, you know, what attracts you, what floats your boat in a sense, and then Mars will come up behind and there will be the option to take action on the things that you are beginning to. Uh, identify as valuable to you because of course we know value uh, venus is very much connected to values i yes and then i'm reminding about their rulers if we look at dispository looking at the astrology of it that virgo of course is ruled by mercury which is and then leo is ruled by 
uh, the sun, but yet Mercury and the sun are the closest. I mean, Mercury is the messenger of the sun, yet it has a different pathway. It's more, you know, it's intellectual. It's an, um, even though it does, well, it rules uh, um, Virgo and, well, Virgo's an earth sign. Thank you. They're both mutable. That's, I guess, what I was thinking. But the fact is, is that we can just be that whole, uh, what the sun represents, our ego, our fulfillment of the embodiment of self, rather than thinking through the pathways, trying to translate something, right? Well, if you want to get really technical, and apparently I do, uh, <laughs> when the conjunction takes place, the sun is in Cancer and the moon is in Virgo. So there's a reminder that we must, mm -hmm. you know, in other words, whatever comes has to come from within the moon in Cancer. And it has to find a way to be, I mean, the sun in Cancer, and it has to be expressed in a practical way, moon in Virgo. Like if we wanted mm -hmm. to dissect the whole chart, which apparently I started to do. I'm glad for it because this is a seed. Even though we have those two years, it all bursts just like a tree from this moment. So it's very important to realize that it isn't just that. What makes that manifestation? It is just as you well expressed. Well, and, you know, it really speaks to the theme of this week, which is from uh, process to, to passion because the Virgo energy is still part of the landscape with the moon and Virgo. So, um, oh, excuse me. I, I don't know how much time do we have. I could pull up the chart because I remember that last year in 2015, or no, not, not 2019, that it was in Virgo, that the moon is, is uh, conjunct what their degree was, I think. So what you're saying is really in effect. Yes. You're right. I just looked at the chart. <laughs> yeah. And I'll try to, anyway, go ahead, Laura or Leslie, as I fiddle. <laughs> as well, just, I think or... that's right. I'm fiddling. <laughs> Give me that. I this just play fiddle. tethering back, right? So this Mars Venus conjunction going after what we want, that with the moon being in Virgo, it's a remind, it's well, but what you want and what you were working on over these last two years. It's not a wholly new thing that we're going after. It's something we've been working toward already. Right. I think that with the moon being in Virgo, it's sort of, Oh, right. Remember that thing that you wanted before? <laughs> Here's a time to take new action around it. And that just stating period in some ways of the Virgo now shifting into more proactive behavior. Or you've refined, you know, we, you know, worked work on some personal development and got rid of any uh, thing that might be getting in your way in terms of you accomplishing w whatever it is you want to. But yeah, kind of the same thing, just I said it differently. <laughs> and I can yeah, tell I we're heading toward this because we've made more jokes and we've laughed more in the first half hour. <laughs> You know, that's a very astute I know we're feeling the energy and we're expressing the energy. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Here, let's see if I can pull this up and we and we can okay. There's always a method of our 
Ah, a process. Isn't that true? Talking about process, it's like with this, you know, we're so affected with everything um, electronic, computers, and it's always a process. It's like just to get to that creative moment. Okay. Am I complaining or expanding? I don't know which. Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. Can you see it? There it is. It's Venus. No. Oh, here we go. Here it comes. Okay, so there it is. Yeah, now, okay, let me see. Maybe I should swap it. I hope I did it right. Okay, so we have on the middle one, the Venus-Mars on the 13th, and on the East Coast, it's going to be 9 in the morning, 9.32 and 33, uh, if you want to get really detailed. Go ahead. Uh, I have to correct you. I'm sorry, I forgot to send you an email to tell you that's what time it is in London. Oh, not Oh, AM in London? Yeah. Oh, well, that's even better yet because it's worldwide. Okay, well, pardon me, everybody. For <laughs> See, that's another thing. Creativity is like jazz. I used to play some music and or jam a lot and whatnot. And you don't get stuck on the details. It's like, oh, make, it's like control nothing, create everything. It's, I even wrote that down, <laughs> a little piece of paper. It's in my purse. Right. And all of a sudden, I'll wonder, what is this piece of paper? Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, that perfectly describes where we're where we were and where we're going. <laughs> yeah. So here on this chart, the last conjunction, and there is a little bit of discrepancy here, but the or is there or not? Let me think. What are we doing? Oh yeah. Okay, it was at four degrees Virgo, but right now the moon is at is at two. Yeah, so it's very close. Yeah. And even and, the sun yeah. at that time was conjunct that, but now emotionally. So what we're saying is we get this new chance to experience this Leo energy kind of touching in with how we're feeling about things. That could be a little bit, oh, well, we'll have to manage it, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop sharing well, I, there. Yeah. I just think it, again, just what Leslie had, when she was bringing it up before of just it it shows that that things bleed through from the past right we're not done just because that alignment completed we're not done with what it brought in and it may even sh things may show back up as those points get re-triggered um yeah well i i think that we have a tendency to forget that energy flows <laughs> and, and and when so, for instance, if you're talking about your personal chart and something gets initiated in your chart, well, of course, it depends on a lot of different factors. But we do need to realize that, you know, we can't put what we're doing in boxes. No, it's just like that. Going back to that illustration from 2015 about um, the 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 in 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 England, the French man that had the. 100,000 balloons that were the clouds and that it's a metaphor for the ever-changing life. So let the sun shine in. We'll come right back. This is Top Cosmos with Planet Buzz with Leslie Francis and Dr. Laura Tad. And I'm Sue Rose Minahan. Process to passion. Here we go. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. 
Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Todd. Please join me for an eight-week online course in personal mythology. In this course, we will explore some of the myths, the stories that shape who we are and how we walk through the world. Contrary to popular belief, a myth is not a falsehood, but rather a story that holds universal and collective truths. They are the stories woven through time, tethering us to our known ancestors and beyond. Using experiential exercises and reflective writing assignments, in this course you will come to know yourself in a new way. When you understand the story you are living, you can more consciously direct the narrative of your life. This class will be taught in an online platform, as well as over three Zoom calls. Class starts July 19th. For more information or to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So... Grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dan Cusel, Jungian psychotherapist and astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we explore the connections between the movements of the planets and the evolution of consciousness. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. Glad to get back because as I reviewed my notes, we have a ton more to explain or not even to touch base on. But I do want to pick up on this fact that we just heard that wonderful little spot from our wonderful Dr. Laura Tad. And you know, it really does key into the fact that this is an internal dialogue that we're having with ourselves, such as we had brought up with the moon, you know, it, 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 from process to passion. So it's a great stepping stone right now to help boot ourselves. And I think registration ends on next Saturday or something, or Sunday, is it? So, to, Laura, can you talk a little bit more just about this wonderful opportunity that people can contact you at Mythic Sky? And you can find that on Top Cosmos website, if you don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah, so the course is... Um in some ways sort of built upon a training I did when I was in graduate school. And it's using through guided imagery and journaling and various readings, um, ways of exploring some of the stories, some of the archetypes we all carry, which you know are also expressed astrologically. In this particular course, it's more focused on looking at different parts of our lives through 
through story. Um, so there'll be some weeks where we explore our inner child, um, our relationship with power and authority. What's our story? What stories do we carry around health and wellness or lack of health and lack of wellness? And how does that inform how we walk in the world? And then through under, unpacking and understanding the stories that you carry, then you can work at rewriting those stories that are what's called maladaptive myths, right? The stories that aren't healthy and changing the narrative so that you can change your relationship with that archetype. Um, so that'll happen in that course and it's done through an online platform as well as in the, the Zoom calls that we'll have a couple times throughout the eight weeks. Um, and class starts on the 19th of July. Beautiful, because I'm thinking of that internal dialogue. I know that you had said that your uncle had written for Sesame Street and did everybody has a happy place. And isn't that the truth? It's like, where is that happy place? I was, I'm, I'm almost contemplating doing it myself. I know both of you give wonderful workshops. I've had some of Leslie's and they're invaluable. And in fact, I am thinking in my dream of contemplation that I keep going back to once in a while is having a retreat with both of you. So we'll, oh, that's, so that'll be next year. And, um, Something to initiate one. with Mars, Venus, conjunct in Leo. That's right. And I would love to do it for next April because I think right then is a really pivotal time, meaning I better get busy on some of these processes. And you know, part of this brings up a point and I know we're going to talk about our personal things, but I thought I'd, maybe this was a good segue quick to mention about the mythology with Vulcan or I know it's like the visual to the tongue doesn't get there. So I'm so sorry, Mr. Vulcan. Any rate, um, the point was, is that he was rejected as a child because he was deformed. He got thrown out because his mom and dad were the great pair up there, the married pair. And it was uh, Zeus, Jupiter, and Juno who, who was married. And they didn't have such a great relationship in the long run. But they had this kid. And he was in, to land. He was thrown out of the heavens and got deformed. And the mother went, eh, hate you. And rejected him. I mean, that's pretty primal. And so he was not happy. And he got back at her little arrogant ways and made a throne because she was so queeny, queen, you know, ruling. And uh, she couldn't get out of it. And so to get out of it, they bargained. And he said, she said, I'll give you what you want. Well, she, he wanted Venus, the most beautiful. So that was a very old way of getting what you want, right? I mean, it was through bequeathing instead of choosing. It was like kind of the fates instead of Uranus, just I'm individual and I'm going to get what I want. And so this whole, I mean, if I'm jumping a little bit, but I'm just trying to really take it in a snapshot, I hope it's translating. So back to Venus and Mars, that's that whole thing where it's instinctual and what was it? Oh, that um, it's it's like the choice. I think that's it. So going back to your 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 um, um, uh, wonderful course here, Laura, it's going to be finding out what is it that we've accepted unconsciously in our story that was maybe the conditioning, maybe gosh knows where how, but yet we want to reframe. We want to reframe that story and dig yeah. down into it. So that time and integration and guidance is, is so valuable. So 
because another point was is that it goes from the duty versus desire is kind of what one of the key points. So I've made some of my little points, unless somebody else has a point. <laughs> well, just to, to continue with the story, right? So Venus Aphrodite is um, forced, if you want, if for lack of a better word, to marry Vulcan Hephaestus. Um, and yet she continues her love affair with Ares, with Mars. And they're discovered by Vulcan discovers them. And being the god of metalwork that he was, um, he fashions this mesh net to capture them that is both incredibly heavy but transparent. Um, and then they're trapped and their deceit and deception of him is revealed to all the other gods. Um, and one of the things that was really interesting to me with that being part of the story was one of the other things that has occurred under a Mars-Venus conjunction in Leo was the Louvre pyramid being uh, oh, in Paris. the pyramid. Oh, yeah. Which is a transparent sculpture. It's a glass oh. sculpture that is heavy and yet transparent that is the entry into the Louvre. With, yeah. which is all of this art, which got all of Venus and Leo that would, you know, it's, and sculptures of Mars and Venus are in the Louvre. Um, and so I don't know, it just seemed like a really fascinating, uh, exactly. can't make this stuff up. <laughs> no, that's so true. Well, we could, I think going back to some of the history points, this is great. Let's talk about that point that Leslie had brought, reminded us of that we've been doing since oh and we are missing tara we must uh acknowledge that and i put that on our post because on kknw we air through kknw although i'm a youtube talk cosmos youtube channel please subscribe and it's still a podcast always on all of your podcasts our podcast one partners through kknw but uh, her obligations required that she keep her energies in other areas right now. So we're missing her, but we're forging on and doing fine. But as she had helped us figure out, let's do something personal. So this is in memory and honor and all that with Tara. So we're continuing this. Um, so each one of us have it in our house where it's ruled in Leo and it was in Virgo. Does somebody want to begin? <laughs> Other than me, I vote for Laura. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tara, where are you? Okay, Laura. <laughs> um, so, for this current uh, sojourn, right, this current conjunction um, for me falls in my eighth house. Um, I mean, Leo rules my ninth, but this conjunction falls in my my eighth in most house systems, other than whole sign, um, and. So I think for me, a lot of what this is going to be about is um, I'm involved in several different creative projects, right? In the eighth house being shared resources. And so, and that creativity of the things that I am involved with, with other people and the, what could be birthed out of that monetarily with it being the eighth house um, and really putting my creative energy into working with other people um, rather than more independently. Um, and with previous, the last few conjunctions having fallen in my ninth house, it would have been much more intellectual and cerebral and 
um, would have been, well, 2015, I would have just graduated with my doctorate. And the one before that, I would have been in graduate school, which was also in Virgo. And so it was much more intellectual and unpacking how to be creative with the nine years I spent in graduate school, as opposed to now it gets to be a little more fun. Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. way because yeah. yeah, it's exchanging those resources for a purpose. <laughs> yeah, it puts it really, it grounds it actually. Uh, I was thinking, and also in the eighth house, very much associated with getting undercover, right? It's not just uh, potatoes and onions that you're selling to somebody. <laughs> it's maybe making a good soup out of it. <laughs> you're right, Leslie. We are laughing a whole lot more. This feels so good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it may have something to do with even the course launching and how much of that is a deep dive into mm -hmm. deeper experience and, and forgotten stories that we remember. Um, yeah. Well, creative and, ways of accessing that. I, I think you said when we talked previously that it's also conjunct your ninth house cusp. So, you know, this is an invitation for people, for you, you get to share your wisdom and facilitate mm -hmm. other people doing the journey that, uh, you have done and are probably still doing. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. Cause once you start the process, you know, I always say that if you start oh, a healing yeah. process, it takes more energy to stop it than it does to continue it. And I sure. think that's just about anything that you decide to do. So once you begin something, right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like that. I, I like that. That's a, a good food for thought. Well, Leslie, should we vote you next or shall I? Sure, because there's not okay. too many people left. There's just no, I know. I, I'm, I'm waiting. So, uh, so this uh, conjunction occurs, uh, conjunct my ascendant and my natal Pluto. And I have a stellium in Aquarius, so, you know, it, it it's going to be significant. And so, you know, it's interesting because I started a podcast last year. And I am outside of the box. I'll tell yes. people. Yes. And, and so what I think this is going to do is re-energize that for me. But also, okay, so because the last conjunction was in Virgo, and of course, that's my second house where my happy Saturn resides. So it, it, it was, you know, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to change is what it's going to do. I mean, I honestly, Venus and Mars rule my midheaven IC. Well, you have, so, just, you know, plus just joined I'm, the, the, the board of a, of a, of a um, national, the oldest national astrology group. I don't know. It's actually international. It's the oldest online international astrology college, which is International Academy of Astrology. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I, I didn't realize how excited I was about it until we started talking about it today. And because it's getting close and currently the moon is in Leo. So I, I think that there's going to be, uh, um, I feel a total transformation uh, in terms of, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I think that's part of the Jupiter and Pisces thing is that you feel the energy and you can see where it's going to be concentrated. And yet 
there is the joy of discovery, the joy of experiencing what it's actually going to be. Because I think that coming out of Virgo, we really need to stop analyzing everything. I think we talked about this before. And just let your creative fire take you somewhere. Embody and it. And, th and there is a cycle because, of course, the phasal relationships are important. So this is an initiation. So I'd suggest for any of the people who are listening, who are astrologers, you know, know where it is in your chart and see what it aspects and then kind of keep track of, of um, you know, what Venus and Mars are doing in your chart for the next little while. And for the people who are not astrologers, this might be a really awesome time for you to go get a reading with someone. Well, it's true because what you're, you're, just to remind people, you're talking from first house. First house is self. How do we know what we're going to be when we haven't become it yet? Sometimes it's easier to objectify perhaps with some other thing in our life, our home, our, our business, our groups, you know, this sort of thing. But when it's ourself, which is so intangibly combined and creativity is just that we are creating thank you something so how do you know what that baby's going to be you know it's well like, know. And, and 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 it is opposed my moon jupiter conjunction and aquarius so and you know and then there's moon jupiter opposed yeah it's i involved. i think in a couple of years time I, I have no clue but I, I mean transformation when you've got pluto on your ascendant you don't got to well you do you can either transform you can you know transform apart. <laughs> or die uh, but come into dust Those so clouds. you know um yeah it's it, it's gonna be Thank an you. intense time but i i'm looking forward to it and it's your turn sue it is okay well mine like like uh laura i have two houses because my rising sign is so late so that leo actually rules my 12th i think it rules my 12th house it must um, um at any rate it's it's sitting in my 11th house with pluto there too because leslie and i are in the same colleagues we're colleagues of time and uh, <laughs> not a nice way of putting it colleagues of time yeah we're gonna rephrase this it's like a little bit not so um it is everything to do with groups and networking and uh being creative so i think that is why i have this desire to which is always scary to a certain part because if you think too much before leaping, you know, it's like, how much do you leap? You know, it's okay. I'm going to divert myself because looking at the polarity opposite, and it is, it's an opposite house. It's an 11th naturally rule Aquarius. So I think of electrical and it's the syntaxes, right? In the brain where they have to leap across to get from one spot to the other. They don't just take a boat and tra travel, but they're leaping, they're leaping. At least that's right. You know, the 11th house is also about hopes and wishes. Yes. Okay. So I do have big hopes and wishes to. You do. To have a. And again, it's like both of ours are all of ours. Well, maybe not like Laura, who's a little more concrete with this, having formed some classes. <laughs> um, because I did do YouTube starting with the conjunction between Saturn and uh jupiter which happened to fall right on my jupiter at one degree aquarius 
in this yod, which I know is some people are saying, what? That might be confusing, but it does mean a bit of a juggle and integrating things that aren't naturally common, but are going to have to work together. And so at the highest good. So if I go back to how it has been 2019, I've done, if I go back to 2015, that's when I started formally on a course of astrology from on a larger scale to really look at it seriously. I mean, I had been serious, but um, it's always a level of how serious am I going to get? You got more focused. Thank you. <laughs> Pluto's there. You will, despite all that mutable energy. Yeah, and there is Mars and Taurus. It, it is tricky to explain, except a lot of hope and and direction and rebirthing. There's um, Ceres is in that house also in Leo, and there's healing. There's healing and uh, reclaiming. So I think it is has to do a lot about community and a place and working with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I think too. I think of the eleventh house similar to that Uranian and Aquarius archetype that's about authenticity, mm -hmm. right? And so with this conjunction being there, what do you really want? What's the authentic desires that you have and not what others or society, what you think you should want, but what you authentically want? Yeah, yeah. I Who think I might take that class up? with you. Hmm? Who do you want to be when you grow up? Yes. Well, sometimes uh, yeah. I just want to sit and play my violin. <laughs> to okay. Be honest. Okay. Well, you can Let do the world You know what? Series is all about what you know can be about what nurtures you. So if that's what nurtures you, then no, I like to connect. I have to connect. I'm a Gemini. I can't stand it without yeah. connecting. I mean, I, I, I can connect with the needs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear the birds and the water here all the time, but I do love your voices. <laughs> so uh, I, I just want to backpedal and, and because I think that, you know, to give a, an example of how it manifested in my life in 2015, because it was in my second house, I got an inheritance. Mm. And suddenly my financial picture completely changed. Mm. So, and there's something I wanted to point out before, uh, and I think that we sometimes forget this. Mars is 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 all connected to risk taking. So, you know, as much you know, Venus can be about what you love, what you value, but Mars is there to help us take that risk, not just sit and contemplate how nice it would be. Yeah, so I think we will have that retreat. And I'm thinking two children. Yeah, I'm seeing a note here. Because children, it is Leo. And I know a lot of people have children. I know, Laura, we don't have a few minutes. Next week, by the way, will be Cosmic Collaboration, our other panel. So do tune in and do subscribe. And I'm with Leslie Francis of Edmonton, Canada, and Laura Tad, Dr. Laura Tad of Chattanoochee Hills in Georgia, and we're talking about process to passion, but children, you know, you were mentioning, Laura, um, that a lot of people are wondering, how can I fulfill what I really need and want and be still justly connected to my kids? I mean, that 
I'm rephrasing that. And yet, and I was bringing, in other words, how can I be true to myself and yet fulfill my responsibilities? Maybe that's are another you, way of putting it. Are you living my life? Are you talking yeah. about my life? <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, that is one of the, that is, has been, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you now, realize that your children don't actually see who you are. Well, you know, there is this breaking separation of, of, of autonomy, right? Of, of who you've been, your, this relationships to refocus inside. But I am wanting to mention before I give up my last thought here is, is that, that, that I've studied in that parent-child relationship at school in the past that children benefit when the parent particularly in the mother in this case, who's a caregiver often, is happy with her life if, is for his purpose. So if she's working, that that does translate to the child. So, yes, yeah. I always tell my kids they were lucky I worked. <laughs> well, no, because I loved, yeah. what I, I loved what I did. Yeah, that, made, yeah, that, I mean, that makes a difference, right? Absolutely. Mm. There's definitely research on child development that's come out that what is most important rather than the... A type of parenting that one chooses to engage with is that the parent is happy and that that is the greatest marker of the adult child being successful is if happiness, personal happiness, fulfillment was modeled for them growing up. Well put. Um, exactly. Versus well, parents just going through the motions and but not... But that's Personally an fulfilled. interesting image if you think about, you know, having to, at this point in time, parent the child and you if, you, if, if there's still those kinds of issues. And remembering that being childlike is not the same as being childish. Absolutely. No. And, and, and let's see, where was it? Oh, that goes back to the mythology of uh, consciously choosing what we partner with, with no obligations or commitment, you know? And then I'm thinking that, some of our that we're out of this heads for joy and change and creating and shedding what's superfluous. I think Laura said that. And Leslie, you said instead of lumping people into the collective. So I think all this ties in, yes. If you our, say I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, maybe the big thing is not to stereotype. You know, we've put like the 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 two factors here is the male, female, but it's really just receptive, assertive. Masculine, feminine. Well, and it's and even, you know, it's the electromagnetic connection, right? Mm. Even from a planetary perspective, right? We get Venus is copper, Mars is iron. That's how we create electricity. Oh, I love it. That's what's in wires, right? Wow. It, oh, so yeah. Electrical magnetism is Ooh, literally yes. these planets. Ooh, I love it. We are leaving for the synapses, okay? <laughs> oh, this has been one of our best yet. Well, thank you so much, Laura and Leslie, for being part of Planet Buzz. And thank you to our beautiful audience. We have a couple moments here. We can each say something. Yes. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> Onward to live. Well, we'll see you both in August. And... Blessings with love to all our wonderful audience. Thanks. Bye. Okay. And sign up for Laura's class, remember. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. 
Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Thank you.